The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to talk some baseball. Welcome to the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Layritz. From spring training to the World Series and beyond to the postseason, Jim and his guests tell it like it is and have all of the bases covered. Now, here's Jim Layritz. Hey, welcome everyone. Long time no talk. It has been a whole week and wow, what has happened in a week? The last time we talked... We were talking about Game 6 of the World Series starting to happen, and of course, that turned out to be such an epic, epic game, uh, and I'm sure all of you are aware of that by now, and of course, Game 7, the following night, and the St. Louis Cardinals, the 2011 World Series champs. What has changed? Oh my gosh. You know, you talk about, like I said, it's been a whole week since we talked. Uh, the, the World Series is over, and even before the champagne could dry, the changes began. First of all, Tony La Russa retires as manager of the World Series champs. Big question looms now. Is everybody says, okay, well, who's going to be the next manager? Well, the big question, I think, you got to ask, because we saw how the World Series home field advantage may have worked for the Cardinals, is who's going to manage that All-Star game next year? Are they going to ask Tony La Russa to come back and, and manage that game? All those questions and everything else we'll talk about in the second half of the show. I'll answer some of the email questions that we have because that was one of them. And uh, we'll talk about a lot of other things coming up. Uh, but like I said, World Series champs, Tony La Russa retires. Albert Pujols, the best player, may move on. Uh, just a lot of things happening. Of course, now that the offseason is here, this is where the fun begins. we got the winter meetings coming up December 5th to December 8th. Where, of course, as everyone knows, that is baseball's biggest convention. And this is where the deals get done. And not necessarily behind closed doors. There's a lot of times in the lobbies and things like that that these guys get together and a couple of managers, general managers say, hey, listen, let's do a deal. And uh, things get done. So we'll talk about all those things, like I said, coming up in the second half. Our one guest that we have today is Brian Cashman. And Brian Cashman, of course, the, the not new GM, but the newly signed GM of the New York Yankees who just signed a three-year deal. And we'll talk to Brian coming up just about the changes, what's going to be going on there, why the Yankees didn't get to the World Series this year, and where he feels like they're going to have to improve this ball club and all of these other questions. Of course, anytime you guys want to reach in, anytime you want a question to ask, whether I'm in the middle of an interview with Brian or not, call at one 346 9144 or email me at jimlayritz.com or info at jimlayritz.com, and uh, we'll try to get your question as soon as possible if you have those coming in. Like I said, we'll do some emails that I received during the week, the second half. But I think there's going to be a lot of questions. Uh, we're going to talk about managers. We're going to talk about players, free agents, uh, 
We'll talk about uh, who's going to wind up where and what we might think. We're also going to talk about the Players' Choice Awards because those have been given out. And uh, there might be a few surprises for some of you who haven't heard some of these people. So we have a quite quite a big show coming up for you today. And, of course, uh, every week we try to get somebody. I was going to have Matt Trainer on the second half of the show today. But, uh, unfortunately, he was busy. And uh, I want to talk to him a little bit about what the Texas Rangers might have been going through because of their uh, their situation, of course, the way they collapsed and and what it's like for the you know all of a sudden now two years in a row, the Rangers get there, and uh, of course do not win and uh, you know like I said all those questions and all those answers will be will be coming up in the second half uh, of this show but um, you know I think the biggest thing that we got to talk about right now is is the winter meetings December fifth to December eighth and getting these people in in, in order for all these teams uh, in order to be able to know what direction they're going in. And of course, the first thing you have to do is you have to get your general manager in place so you can start putting a ball club together. And, uh, you know, as we've seen before, you know, Boston is, everybody's got their GM. I think the only managing job or GM job that is open right now is the Orioles and they're still looking for theirs. But one team that is not looking for a general manager, and of course, one guy that I have always been been, been a big fan of, and uh, have played underneath and played for, and uh, is Brian Cashman of the New York Yankees. And uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for having me on, buddy. Hey, listen, first things first. Congratulations on the new three-year deal. That's got to be something that you have to be uh, very very proud of. Of course, number one with. Uh, the way the season ended with you guys, but also the fact that now you have the ability to put this ball club uh, back together this year, uh, this coming year, and uh, make some moves to, to get them back to the World Series. How does it feel, Brian, to have that deal done? Well, I appreciate you know having the opportunity. Appreciate having a job, having the opportunity to you know to continue to try to work with a lot of amazing, talented people. So we got a good roster here. I mean, won 97 games last year. We've got some losses off to free agency currently that we may or may not be able to retain. But I think that, you know, hopefully there's, you know, we can find some ways to to reinforce what we have, which is pretty special already. And But we're going to need to because at the same time, you know, with Tampa Bay and Boston uh, and Toronto's emergence especially, uh, and obviously Baltimore is, you know, continuing to build their talent base. The American League East is no joke. So, um, you know, if you if you get offline, have a couple injuries, you know, a little bit of underperformance here or there, you can you can wind up in the front from the front of the line. You can move really quickly to the back of the line, and and that's certainly not not in my interest or our interest. So I'll do everything in my power to find a way to get us over the hop hump and get us to be the last team standing again. Well, let me ask you that point. As far as I know, being there, Brian, playing there, and you know, years past when Mr. Steinbrenner was around. You know, if it didn't get to the World Series, it wasn't considered, you know, a successful season. And you guys, you know, unfortunately were eliminated in the first round by Detroit. What is it that you see uh, that maybe has to be some of the things that have to be done uh, to get you guys back to that World Series? Well, I think um, I think it's just continue to reinforce the pitching. It's not why we um, we got knocked out this this October. You know, we we did not hit. You know that we have one of the best offensive teams in the game. Uh, that you know we just kind of offensively were challenged there in that week, and you got to you know give credit to the Tigers pitching for making that happen. But at the same time, I don't think we were you know uh, we we swung it as well as we were capable of either. So, but 
pitching, we got to continue to reinforce. I think we have you know a terrific staff with a great pitching coach with Larry Rothschild and a, and a tremendous catcher on the receiving end with Russell Martin. But trying to get as many power arms uh, as possible is is the hope. You know, we we got to see committed big money to CC Sabathia. We have. You know the young Phil Hughes, uh, an emerging Nova who came out of the, you know out of the system and won 16 games this year, and you know AJ Burnett signed to a multi-year deal. He's got two years left, and and then we have a lot of good young kids coming. You know, but we just need you know we need more. Um, the bullpen's tremendous. Rivera, Soriano, Robertson. You know, Chamberlain's coming back from Tommy John. You know, uh, uh, Boone Logan. You know, so I think we have one of the best bullpens in the game, but. We just got to continue to reinforce and add the insurance policies, or the or right into the rotation if possible. Now, Brian, let's talk about that first. CC Sabathia signing. How difficult or how easy was it for you to make that decision to extend that extra year, and what he means to that Yankee rotation? Well, it's easy to want CC Sabathia, um, but to commit that type of money and negotiate and try to work through things like that, you know, those things aren't easy, um, and they're not willy nilly. So. Uh, you know, it's a big. You know, it was a big commitment to get him here, and he was worth every. He has been worth every penny. He, you know, in his first three years here, and so now we've recommitted. Uh, you know, another five years with him, you know, and it has a potential to be six years, and you know, at 31 years of age, and so you know, hopefully we'll have, you know, the same type of production and health that we got, you know, in the first three years of this thing over the next five years. Um, you know, he's a pretty special person, an amazing competitive athlete. Um, but uh, Jimmy, as you know, you know things can change, you know, rather quickly, you know, you know, with health and stuff like that. So there's always risks involved. So, um, you know, but if you're going to bet on, there's certain guys if you, you know, you're more willing to bet on than others. And I think CCs are in the right to obviously have have more risk taken, you know, uh, with a higher dollar amount and longer years out based on his history. Right, and I think you know, some of the things I've been reading and listening to you talk about is the fact that the pitching is going to be your main focus. Uh, this offseason as far as trying to find some improvements here and there. And like you mentioned, it, it's mostly in the starting rotation. What is it right now, Phil Hughes' situation that he had? And I'm just going to go down the line right here, if you don't mind, uh, with Phil Hughes and his situation as far as his arm goes. Is he going to be 100% healthy, or is there still a little bit of worry that maybe there's something else going on there? No, we feel really good about Phil now. Uh, unfortunately, uh, obviously, last year didn't go as well as uh, you know here we would have hoped. You know, um, having a year of seventy, basically seventy-four innings total, you know, um, isn't obviously anything that he, you know, was looking to have or or us. You know, eighty-two days in the DL here that started April fifteenth. Um, you know, the, with the right shoulder inflammation wasn't what we were looking for, but but he finished strong and healthy and 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 productive for us. And I really have high hopes and expectations that uh, you know. At some point, as we enter through spring training, April and May, people will be like, "Wow, Hughes is back!" I do believe that's going to take place. He's committed. He's going to. He's going through athlete's performance uh, out there in California. Will be starting uh, to do that, and he's just going to be in super shape and, and ready to go. So the health stuff's all behind him. He'll and uh, you know he's just going to be right back in our rotation. All right, now I'm out in California, Brian. I don't get a chance to read some of the New York papers, but some of the things that I've been talking about in the next guy is A.J. Burnett, and I know you made a comment a little bit about just, well, if he's here, he's going to be in our rotation. Is that, you know, and, and I know you've you've prefaced that with, okay, yeah, anybody's eligible if they're not having no trade clause, but what is A.J. Burnett, his last start, 
kind of encourage you or discourage you that maybe you know what this is going to be maybe he's going to have a chance to turn it around and be in there with Larry Rothschild is that going to going to be really maybe the chance that he turns the corner finally you know I don't know I mean you're right about my poor choice of words on that uh, on my conference call you know uh, we will obviously be open-minded to anybody and everything and and he doesn't have a full no trade but but you know and he hasn't lived up to our full expectations what he has done is you know he's been you know uh, basically healthy he has been healthy the whole time he's got basically 33 starts a year he's almost 200 innings every year you know he's been accountable uh, his work ethic is off the chart uh, his consistency's been the only thing that's been in question and obviously you know it goes back and forth. People, you know, wondering if he's going to be in the rotation. If he should be in the rotation, and then obviously he's one of those, one of the only two pitchers that won our uh, postseason game against Detroit, and he pitched terrific, obviously in Detroit. Um, when he's on, he's he's outstanding, and he's one of the better guys in the game. And when he's off, you know, mechanically, then obviously it it, it you know you're, he's very vulnerable. And yeah, it's because he's a two pitch pitcher, um, and you don't see many two pitch starters. He's obviously featured a change lately, and we'll continue to work on that, but. Um, he's a guy that you know we like. We like a lot, and he's capable of a lot. And you know, uh, we're going to keep working with him. Uh, I expect him to be here in our rotation. If I did move him, uh, it would go against me trying to reinforce our pitching, you know, to some degree, because then I'd have to somehow replace those innings that I'm losing. And um, I, I think that you know, I'm trying to add positive innings and not subtract innings. So uh, I don't know if the, the trait game alone will turn the corner, but I, I was proud of the fact that it was someone that I think people in our fan base were betting against. He was able to continue to, to mentally block that stuff out, find a way for himself, his teammates, and our fans to to push us in the position to get back to New York and try to win game five, and it didn't happen, you know, uh, unfortunately, that next day, and uh, Detroit moved on, you know, without us, but uh, but that was a, I think that was a nice nice situation there, A.J., was able to do to defy, you know, when athletes are put in that arena and people expect them to fail. And not only did he not fail, he excelled. You know, those are nice, proud moments where, you know, people rise above it and, and find a way to be successful despite a lot of doubters. And that, that was a good thing for us and for him. Right. And you mentioned the fact that Nova stepped up. And if, you know, I look at your rotation and if AJ is there, you've got four starters. But you have one position that is open. Is this a position that you think maybe you're going to go on the free agent market, or possibly is there is there some minor leaguers there, or guys that you've given maybe a cup of coffee to that you know may fill out that fifth spot? Uh, but I also look at you, know, like I said, the free agents of C.J. Wilson, Mark Burley, Roy Oswalt, guys that could be good fits and could really help bolster that rotation. Where what direction? I know last year you guys. You know, you went in the direction of Freddie Garcia and Bartolo Colon, and those worked out pretty well. Are you looking to make a bigger splash, or are you going to try to fill it in with some, some of the smaller guys? Well, I think the preference always would be is to find something that, that you know, industry recognition of, well, that that's an ace. That's what you always aspire to be. You know, you want certainty. Obviously, I know that New York can, can uh, you know, throw that off a little bit, but that's always the optimal preference way, but... but is that realistic? You know, with our current financial commitments and and uh, things that, you know of that nature. But you know, I'd rather go with certainty if I could. Um, uh, but uh, you know, last year after we failed to get Cliff Lee, and he wound up going to Philadelphia. You know, we had to go another route, and you know, and you know, uh, heaven was shining upon us, and 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 Freddie Garcia and Bartolo Colon really were delivered and stepped up for us in a big way at a very low cost, and and allowed us to be a part of a '97 winning championship 
run that you know fell short in, in October, but it was a special it was special innings and a surprise for us. And thankfully, we had that. Uh, if we have to go that route again, we'll go that route again. Um, I just think it's so early to predict. I do have some kids here in the system. You know, uh, uh, Nova was that guy for us that we felt could pitch at the back of the rotation in 2011. He obviously did more than that. He won 16 games and pitched uh, to the front of the rotation. Uh, Hector Noacy is a kid. That was in our bullpen last year by necessity, but he's a starter. Um, and so we, we kind of look at him at the same way we looked at Nova. So I expect he will be uh, taking a run at that fifth spot in the spring along with whatever else we do. We have some real high-ceiling kids in uh, a left-hander, Manny Benuelos, and, and Dylan Batanzas. He's a big right-hander. Um, but I think they need more development time. They, they, uh, they, they should start the seasons at AAA and continue to be uh, you know, progressing and learning and growing. Uh, uh, Adam Warren and David Phelps are two guys, along with Noah C. I think will have a shot at that fifth spot for us uh, if you don't look outside the franchise. So we got to see what's available first and foremost, what the price tags are, both trade and cost dollar-wise. And, and if none of that works, then uh, you're going to look at Noah C., Phelps, and Warren taking shots at this thing. Now, you mentioned earlier you feel pretty confident about your bullpen. Uh, you got some guys coming back from injuries. Tell us a little bit about who you may find now stepping back in. Is Jabba Chamberlain going to be coming back healthy enough? Is he going to go? He's not going to probably go in the rotation, but probably come in the bullpen. Uh, what do you have coming back from injury that may help you in that bullpen? Yeah, basically uh, everybody's healthy except for Jabba. Um, and, uh, you know, we should get him back at some point. I'll just say the summer, you know, um, yeah, first year Tommy John guys can come back strong, healthy. Maybe the command's not necessarily there, but uh, that could be a little different for relievers. Um, but yeah, if we can keep everybody healthy, I think we will have one of the best fruit, uh, bullpens in the game uh, again with Rivera, Soriano, Robertson, uh, healthy Jabba Chamberlain, Boone Logan. So we look forward to all that shaking out. So uh, time will tell. And um, but Jabba, obviously, we expect to be a reinforcing figure for us sometime and you know maybe like a the equivalent of a trade you know that'll come sometime in the summer hey now brian you, you mentioned rivera mariano has just been amazing through this whole stretch run of these all these years and what he's been able to accomplish you know you sit there and you see him every day and of course as the general manager you, you have decisions to make when it is going to be that time what do you see and how do you feel about him and what do you think this guy can continue to do this for two or three more years or do you think that the end is is getting close well i mean i i can't tell you that the end is getting close i mean he just continues to do what he did it does with with special stuff and you know like jamie moyer for instance is now working out at 48 years old to continue you know he's coming off of some sort of surgery and, and he's had success forever um you know, so Mariano doesn't throw as hard as he used to, and you know, over the number last number of years, his velocity's tricked down a little bit, but the effectiveness is still there. It's just amazing what he has done, and for how long has he done it? He has done it, and the health and the stability he provides in the more one of the more difficult, clearly, markets to play in. Uh, I mean, he popped up a one nine one ERA last year in another sixty uh, innings of obviously stressful work without problem. So he's been fantastic. I mean, as as I said, you know, his strikeouts per nine went up last year, even though his velocity, you know, velocity hasn't been the same, you know. But that's been the case the last number of years. So you're seeing a guy who, you know, continues to be massively successful with one pitch forever, and it doesn't appear to be, you know, slowing down. Thankfully, uh, in terms of results. Uh, so he's just an amazing person. And the thing that's crazy about him also is he's the same guy we signed 
you know, as an amateur out of Panama, he really has not changed one bit despite all the success and accolades. He's a very humble person, and, uh, you know, we're really lucky to have him. I have no idea what it's going to look like one day when he's not doing this. Yeah, that's good. That is going to be a scary day when that day finally comes. All right, listen, Brian, we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back and talk offense with you. And, of course, I want to talk about what you're going to be doing here soon uh, in spending the night on the streets in New York. So when we come back, uh, can you, you can stay with us and join us the second half. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back with Brian Cashman, and we'll talk to you after this. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports jim lawrence is a two-time world series champion motivational speaker and author of catching heat a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball most people know jim as a man who has always beaten the odds Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, an interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports, simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you today, starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation inside the trenches your show your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're inside the king's corner talking baseball with jim layritz it's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at gemlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. And you heard it. Send those emails. Make those phone calls. Tell me what you want to hear. I'm just waiting here from all of you guys. And, of course, we are speaking with Brian Cashman, and Brian has been talking about the starting pitching, talking about the bullpen, talking about just things that they're going to have to do this year to improve on and, uh, and get back to, the, to where they were last year and hopefully get back to the World Series uh, in 2012. So uh, now we're going to, to pick up on the offensive side. And, of course, as Brian talked about earlier, uh, the offense has kind of failed them this year in the postseason. And, uh, Brian, uh, let me talk a little bit about – Offensively, what you guys are going to be doing this year to make up? I notice uh, you know you just picked up the option on Nick Swisher. Um, tell me a little bit about that and, and what Swisher means to this lineup. Yeah, that was an easy call for us. I mean, he's one of the more productive right fielders in all of baseball, and it's a you know he signed uh, obviously a somewhat of a discounted contract back when he was with Oakland, and so he gave up uh, some you know uh, some you know uh, potential future you know. Um, uh, uh, upside, I guess, over the years of arbitration, and then this particular year we could have been a free agent you know, for, 
you know, some security. Uh, and so this last year, you know, you know, at ten million two hundred fifty thousand dollars, he provides a heck of a lot of production, switch hitting right fielder uh, with you know power and on base percentage and stuff. So it's kind of a layup for us, and um, you know, so very happy to have him. And you know, I think that our our team, you know, throughout is one of the best offensive teams in the game, and and uh, so it's not necessarily a problem. We have this young kid in Montero that's coming that's you know trying to fight his way into the lineup whether it's via catcher or the disabled uh, disa- uh, designated hitter spot and so he showed a lot in September and, and even in October so you know, I just think we have a chance to even be better than than uh, than we were in past years so we'll see. Brian I just got to ask you this quick question because I am always wondering I know the Jorge Posada situation last year was very difficult uh, chances of him coming back and being in the Yankee uniform what are what, what, what are we looking like with as far as that goes? Uh, you know, we're going to have to talk about all those things. I mean, Georgie's been fantastic, obviously, here. And uh, one of the best, he's going to go down as one of the best catchers in Yankee history. And that says an amazing, uh, uh, that's just an amazing statement in itself. Uh, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Obviously, uh, he just came off of a multi-year deal. And he's now in the free agent category with a number of other people that, you know, that helped us. And Georgie was very productive, obviously, uh, uh you know, hitting against right-handed pitching for us in the D8 spot last year. And, you know, it's something obviously we'll have to, you know, talk about internally and then talk to, to Georgie as well. So, you know, I, I can't predict, you know, obviously we have uh, we have a lot that's coming, and we certainly have people we can turn to from within, but ultimately I'm, I'm not prepared to say what, you know, uh, what we're definitely going to do just yet. So. Yeah, I think it's difficult, you know, in situations like this, is, you know, this kind of reminds me of the Bernie Williams situation where Bernie, you know, felt like he had a little bit left and he still wanted to play, but at the same time, uh, it was time to tend, to tend to move forward in that situation. I think uh, if Jorge doesn't have the postseason that he had, there wouldn't even be any questions, but uh, unfortunately he finished on a pretty strong note, so we'll see what happens there. But let's talk about some of the other guys in the lineup that, you know, we we, we talked about the offensive the offensive part failing towards the end of the year. And one guy that I really noticed, and I'm, I really had concerned about myself just watching him because I've watched him so much in the past and he's been so dominant, is a guy like A-Rod. And, you know, we had the injuries. We had some of the things that happened. Um, you know, I don't ever like to, po- to, po- to point the thing that says, oh, it's just the postseason. And I don't think it was the postseason. Is his injury more than what people were leading on to be? And is this going to be something that if he finally gets this three or four months of rest, it's going to be really helpful to him for next year? Are you talking about Alex? Alex Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah no, he's fine. Um, you know, his, his knee was, he had a minor meniscus cleanup, uh, unfortunately hit in season. And then, um, and then, you know, when he did come back in September, you know, he, on a fielding play in Minnesota, he sprained his thumb. Yeah, you know, so that was a little painful for him. You know, so I think in the end, the uh, the thumb being a little painful and just getting his baseball timing down, kind of going through another spring training in season, you know, in the rehab mode, for instance, you know, wasn't helpful to putting him in an optimal position to be successful. So we're hoping that at some point he'd click in in time, but you know, we kind of ran out of time. And uh, but he's physically healthy and fine, and uh, so he should have no issues uh, like anybody else going into spring training on the roster that. Uh, you know, if anything does come up, it would be a surprise and be unexpected. Let me ask you a big question because this is a guy that I've been watching for the last three years, and uh, it's been amazing to me to watch the the maturity that he's had. And I remember Larry Boa telling me when he first came up that this was going to be somebody special, somebody that you know he he thought was going to just 
you know, future Hall of Famer, everything else, but Robinson Cano, tell me about what Cano has done and how, how great it's been for you to be able to watch the maturity of him. Yeah, he's been amazing. And, you know, when we signed him, you know, we knew he'd be a good hitter, but this has taken on a completely different career path. I mean, this guy has a chance to be a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest players at that position. And, um, that's an amazing statement too in itself with all the players that have come through Yankee, the Yankees, but also the game. I mean, you know, not many second basemen are hitting the middle of the lineup. Um, and he has, a, you know, he's been a fantastic glove. Um, and when he first emerged, everybody saw, you know, they looked at him as a chance to be Rod Carew with power. And that's exactly what's taking place here. And the thing is also you can have talent. And, and Jimmy, you know, you play with a lot of people and you played against a lot of people and you saw a lot of talent. But when you have talent and you combine that with pure, pure complete motivation to be the best that you can possibly be, that, that describes Robinson Cano. He is hungry to be you know, one of the best of all times. His work ethic matches that. Uh, he loves the game. He, he loves playing the game, but he does want to be something special. Um, and uh, that's what's taken place. I mean, he's just continued to just emerge as just a, a force in this game. And uh, we're fortunate, you know, it, you know, we need it. And, uh, and he's probably the best player on our team now. Cash, one of the things I've always seen with, with new players coming into New York is it's, it's, there's that year period of adjustment, getting used to playing under the big spotlight, of course, all the media coverage, everything else. And one guy that I want to talk about right now is a guy that I think maybe went through that his first year. And since then, with Kevin Long and, and everything else, is Curtis Grandison. Tell me, I mean, no one saw this coming as far as the year that he had. And, and, and is this something that we can, we, we can step back and think that, okay, this is going to be something that's going to be fairly consistent with him the rest of his Yankee career? No, we certainly hope so. I know when we traded for him, uh, we didn't represent that we were getting an MVP candidate. You know, in that deal, we thought, you know, I know I represented the ownership that this is one of the better defensive center fielders in the game that's got offensive, you know, significant offensive potential. Um, crushes right-handers, has power, left-handed bat, Yankee Stadium, all those things. But I uh, did represent that, listen, you know, he doesn't hit lefties now. Sometimes you can tell why when you break down the video and stuff. And the one thing we did say is, we don't know why he doesn't hit lefties. There's no, he doesn't give, you know, most of the times you can see somebody might be afraid of the ball, not be seeing the ball well because you're seeing it, you know, give and, and kind of back off when the pitch is being delivered from the left side on those lefties that you could say, all right, well, he's not hanging in there. He's giving us a bat away and, um, for whatever reason. But none of those things existed when you saw the video with the Tigers. You just couldn't understand why. So we said, listen, we're hoping for some reason, small sample size, that this guy's better than this on, against lefties, but, you know, just in case. So I you know, try to frame it properly with our ownership. And, and uh, you know, there was a mechanical adjustment made, you know, uh, by by Kevin Long. You know, not a dramatic one, but it's certainly had a massive impact. And he obviously crushed lefties and righties. And, and, uh, and a lot of the power came against some, some of the best left-handers in the game um, this past year. So we're certainly hopeful that, this is what we really got that, you know, this is a player that's just taken another step as, as he's, you know, continues to grow in the game. And that was one of the attractiveness of Curtis Granderson for us is that he was young, you know, he was a young under controllable guy on a good contract that fit this place well. And we gave up a lot for him and, and, uh, you know, but thankfully we got a lot back. All right, Cash, two more questions. My last one is going to be, well, my, my first one's going to be three year deal, new GM, or not new GM, but three-year deal that you have right now. You're going to have some decisions over the next two years with uh, Mariano and Jeter. Um, 
how how special was it for you, you know, being there and, and being part of Derek's run as far as the captain and everything that goes on that you know, with last year his the year that he had and to be able to bounce back uh, and, and come back with the, with with the year that he did this past year. Where do you see Derek, and how do you how you know how do you see this panning out as far as um, making the decision on him in the next couple of years? Well, I think the game will make the decision for us. That's the one thing we try not to to make the decisions. You know, um, you know, for the players, we just kind of let the players direct where their career takes them, and then respond accordingly. And uh, you know, Derek, I think um, combination of the last, you know, he he didn't have that free agent year, you know, he didn't have the, the type of year he was, you know, that we're accustomed to going into, you know, the, you know, his 2010 season. And, uh, so I think that might've played into a little bit, you know, some guys don't do as well on their walk year, extra pressure would have you, you know, um, the 3000 hits here in the first half of this particular year might've been a little extra too, surprisingly, but, you know, but everybody's human. And then, um, and then there was a mechanical adjustment made with Derek too, you know, with the help of his former hitting guru uh, and confidant and friend and Gary Dembo, who used to be a hitting coach here, and you know him, you know. And so oh, yeah. I think all those things kind of played into it. And so what we saw in the second half this year, you know, is probably a, a lot more accurate depiction of what we're going to get from Derek than anything close to 2010 and the first half of 2011. And not that Derek, because he's never going to be an excuse maker, but this is—if you had to ask me, hey, what do you think happened with Derek for that? That that period of a, uh, you know, uh, you know, the second half of 2010 and the first half of 2011, which really was, uh, you know, underek like, I would say it's a combination of, you know, maybe free agency staring him in the face, maybe the 3,000 hit issue, as well as, you know, you know, maybe him and Kevin Long not particularly clicking, as well as maybe someone who had a whole history of his swing for years and, and Gary Denbo and. Uh, I said once 3,000 hits behind him, once that free agent thing's out of the way, and Gary had a chance to work with him when he pulled a. You know, muscle, and he was on the DL in Tampa. You know, here, you know, before June, then he took off, and next, you know, it was you know completely, you know, the Derek Jeter we're all used to seeing. So I expect to see that going forward. And again, uh, what happens? I think he's on a three-year deal with a player option on the fourth year. It just all remains to be seen. So he's got two right. more years, definitely, and then a, a third year going forward if he wants it at a certain number. And so, thankfully, it's not something we have to deal with right now. Well, listen, as busy as you are with these player moves and with looking at free agents and looking at all these things, tell me a little bit about what you got coming up on November 17th for the raising awareness for these homeless kids uh, in New York. And tell me a little bit about what you're doing for the Covenant House. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm on the board of, director, board of directors of Covenant House, Covenant House International. It's a worldwide organization, but we do have a shelter here on 460 West 41st Street in Manhattan on the west side. And, and um, on November 17th, yeah, you know, we're going to try to bring together a number of leaders of uh, in business in the business community uh, of New York City together with some homeless kids in an event that will, will hopefully have a positive impact on them. You know, we're we're essentially going to be uh, uh, hosting our first ever Covenant House CEO Solidarity Sleepout. Um, the goal is to raise awareness funds and convince a lot of great kids that you know, hey, their lives you know have just begun. Um, but it takes money, uh, and Covenant House has been doing an incredible job for a long time, you know, for a number of years, 25-plus, uh, in helping homeless youth. And we actually have, you know, there are a lot of success stories, one of which is so easy to talk about, which is a woman that went through the Covenant House program, um, and she went from homeless to Harvard. And now wow. she's married. She just had a child this summer. And uh, that that's, you know, an, a success story that came right out of this circumstance. And so anyway... Um, Australia had a, 
a very successful uh, launch to uh, to this concept that we're piggybacking on or, or borrowing, for instance, and trying to see how if we can let it grow our legs here in the states. And it's it's this uh, you know basically a CEO sleep out. So you know so we can try to raise some money. We have a website called CEOsleep.org, uh-huh. um, and uh, and people can you know connect to that if they're interested in. In, in trying to participate and help, you know, you'll see a, li- a roster of CEOs, CFOs that basically are participating. We're going to sleep on the street. You know, the, there's a candlelight vigil on November 17th in Times Square at 6 p.m. with over 300 of our kids. And then that night, we're, you know, uh, all of us will basically, you know, in solidarity, sleep uh, on the street at the shelter with the kids and, um, and uh, with the effort of trying to raise about a half a million dollars and, you know, people sponsoring that event, sponsoring us individually and our individual goal to raise money for this. That's the effort. That's the hope. And um, so it's www.ceosleep.org. And uh, they can get a lot more information off of that. And if, they, if anybody wants to donate a little bit or a lot, they can look at each individual bio and, and uh, you know, take a look at each person that's you know, uh, representing or trying to raise the money, and they, they can, you know, contribute that way online. But uh, Coming to the House does a lot. They're trying to really help a lot of kids that need it, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's a small effort, that's all, but it, it can pay big dividends for some people that really need need some hope. No, that's that's great. That's awesome to say. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's one of the things I do hope, though, Brian. I was just up in New York this past weekend when we had the huge snowstorm, so hopefully you won't be uh, experiencing something like that this this early in November. So uh, no, I appreciate it. I wish I you the best of luck with that. that. And uh, listen, uh, you got a busy off season. You got you got a lot of things to do. I look forward to seeing you, Brian, in the winter meetings, December 5th to the 8th, uh, and, and get a chance to talk to you a little bit down there. But uh, I appreciate you joining me, and I uh, wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Jimmy. You be well. All right, Brian. Good talking to you. Take care. Bye. All right. Guys, that was Brian Cashman. And, of course, uh, busy, busy man, of course, with free agency, with uh, trying to shore this pitching staff, the starting rotation up. Uh, I think he answered a lot of your questions. I got a couple little emails coming in. Uh, what's he going to do with A.J. Burnett? You know, what's what's the situation with A-Rod? Is Jabba Chamberlain going to be healthy? I think Brian answered all those questions. So thank you for sending those emails in, and I uh, hope you got your, some of your questions answered. Um, but we're going to come right back in the second half of this show, like I mentioned before. We're going to talk about the Players' Choice Awards. We're going to talk about some free agents. We're going to talk about managers, where these managers might wind up, who's being interviewed, who has a chance, who doesn't. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit, too, about, like I said before, the Orioles are still looking for a GM. Uh, all these questions and all those things coming up, we'll take a couple of your emails. Like I said, I've got an email from Dave in Miami, a question about the Marlins. Uh, I think that'll be an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, but that's all coming up in the second half, and we will be right back with you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Jim Lahrens is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. 
Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Layritz. It's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at jimlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. And wow, like I said before, this has been a whole week. Uh, we've had a World Series champ in the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, we have the beginning of free agency starting. We have some awards coming out to the players. Lots and lots of things happening. And of course, uh, between now and next week when we talk, I am sure we'll have a few more things. But usually during this time, things kind of slow down a little bit until the winter meetings uh, from December. But uh, there's a, there's a lot of things happening, a lot of things that got to get in place before those meetings start, so team players can, I mean, coaches and managers can start putting these teams together, and GMs uh, can really get their ball clubs ready and start making the trades and and tinkering with uh, what what they can do to get their teams better for for this up, up, upcoming 2012 season. So, lots of things happening, but let's talk about first the World Series. The World Series, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals winning again. All right, and this is Tony Larusa, general manager, and of course Tony uh, surprising everybody and announcing that. Uh, oh, I should say not surprising everyone, not surprising the the actual uh, front office of the Cardinals because supposedly he had talked to them a month and a half before then and said that this was going to be his last year no matter what. But what about you know announcing this retirement? You know. So quickly, uh, even before the champagne even gets to dry on the, on the carpets in, in St. Louis. But uh, really, I think, surprising a lot of people. But I think more than anything else, I think it was Tony LaRusso who just finally, finally telling the people, listen, I'm going to go out on top. You know what? I'm, I won this. I don't have that same, uh, it, whether it's concentration, whether it's desire, whether it's passion that he's had. And this is the type of manager that needs that. Uh, Tony LaRusso is the kind of guy that uh, 
He needs to be able to uh, be on air, be be on top of every single thing. And I think this World Series maybe showed a couple a couple little cracks in that armor. Uh, and maybe one of the reasons why he felt like this was it, uh, that he just, you know, getting caught by surprise. Of course, we had the, the bullpen phone gate, uh, as we call it. Um, but a lot of things happened. But so St. Louis Cardinals, I mean, here you think about it. These guys are the World Series champs. They're sitting on top of the world. They are celebrating. And now, the cold, hard reality of what baseball is all about sits in. And now they have to find a new manager and they have to find a way to sign their best player in Albert Pujols. And uh, a lot of questions arise on who's going to be the next St. Louis Cardinals manager. And, uh, you know, we talk about uh, who the candidates might be. And, you know, a lot of the names that you hear are, are, are the same names for basically all three of the big jobs that are open with the Cubs, the Red Sox, and the Cardinals. But, you know, with the St. Louis Cardinals, you got to figure that they have to bring somebody in that either has a long history with the team or somebody that has a big name who has maybe a couple World Series under their belts. And I mentioned those two types of guys because here's my two candidates, I think, that are going to be for the St. Louis job. And Number one, I think if you really want to stay in-house with somebody who's been part of the organization, somebody that knows these guys, and really from a maybe a – strategic move is a guy like Jose Okendo who happens to be very good friends with Albert Pujols. So this could be something that you could see that says, okay, if Okendo is the manager, Albert would be more than willing to come back. Um, and it, that may have may, may be something that the Cardinals would have to look at or make that decision. It's always tough uh, to, to let the player maybe determine who you're going to sign, but at the same time, uh, this could be very important. And on the other hand, if you want to bring in somebody that's a name, somebody that, you know, has a couple World Series under his belts, I think Terry Francona is a guy who really they have to consider uh, as being that type of a, of, of a manager that could come in here and replace a guy like Tony La Russa. But and no one's going to replace La Russa. This is a Hall of Fame manager who's just had a tremendous career and, of course, uh, three World Series under his belt. So that's going to be one of the things that we watch other managerial watches that we have. And like I said, there's names that are out there. There's Pete uh, McCacken, there's Dale Swain, there's Sandy Alomar Jr., DeMarlo Hale with the Boston Red Sox, and Dave Martinez, of course, yeah, the bench coach for the uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, so a lot of names out there. Mike Maddox, the pitching coach from the Texas Rangers. Uh, all names that are up for these jobs and uh, – you know, the Boston Red Sox, they're, they're a team that has to name a manager here soon. And uh, who could be their candidates? Well, I had an email that said, why would the Boston Red Sox not pursue a guy like Bobby Valentine? Very interesting. You know, Bobby's name is not one that's really mentioned too much because he's got the nice gig that he has with ESPN, and he has mentioned a few times that he really isn't interested in anything like that. But I'd have to believe that the Boston Red Sox job is one that uh, that Bobby might be enticed to take uh, just because of the, the notoriety that comes with it. And um, two, two guys that are interviewing for that job later this week are, are of course, Mike Maddox and Sandy Alomar Jr. These are two names that uh, Sandy Alomar Jr., of course, has been with the uh, Cleveland Indians the last couple years and uh, has a long history of family that has been involved in baseball and could be a good name. Um, 
but DeMarlo Hale is a guy that I think is a wild card in this because DeMarlo has been with this team. Uh, he's been very respected by those players. He is, you know, a guy that maybe uh, the Red Sox look to as, 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 as an in-house replacement that uh, could really maybe change the direction that this, this team was, seems to be going in. And uh, we'll see what happens there. And, of course, the Chicago Cubs. You know, Theo Epstein uh, coming there. I know I think today is an interview, actually, with, uh, with, with Terry Francona also for that job. And a lot of people say, well, that's a no-brainer. They did, they did something in Boston that hadn't been done in years. Terry Francona needed a change to get out of Boston. And uh, why not put these two guys together and go to Chicago and maybe try to do the same thing? Well, here's where people... I like to step in as the guy that looks at the whole picture and says, well, maybe that's not what Theo Epstein wants. Maybe Theo Epstein wants to be the guy that people think, okay, he was the reason the Red Sox won in his moves and the player changes and the things that he created during his tenure there were the reason they repeated again in 2007. Maybe Theo Epstein's ego might be too big to accept a guy like Terry Francona and maybe you know, that, that could be an issue. But at the same time, I think of it this way. The general manager is important to put the right people in place. And if he puts Terry Francona in place, that he's done a good job. He's brought the right guy in to do it. So I think uh, you know, Theo's got a couple, couple different directions he may want to go in for this. So we'll see what happens there, of course, with the Cubs, who have not had even a postseason opportunity in quite a while. And... Uh, you know, they've not been back to the World Series in forever, so that remains to be seen what happens there. So, uh, and of course, the the only other thing besides managers that we have on the docket is basically the Orioles don't have a GM yet, and they're going to be interviewing Dan Duquette, former Boston Red Sox GM, over the next couple of days, and they're going to have to get their GM in place uh, so they can start making some moves also. So. I'm telling you guys, December 5th to December 8th in Dallas, Texas this year is going to be crazy. There's going to be so many moves made, so many things happening, um, you know, and, and just it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So, um, you know, we will every week we will continue to bring our updates and, and give you our opinions and, you know, probably fill in the blanks for you as these things happen. So, uh that's our thing. So I, let's real quick go down the Players' Choice Awards because the players have spoken. And this year we ate the player who was named the Outstanding Pitcher and the Player of the Year, of course, was not, nobody else other than J, Justin Verlander, uh, of course, with the Detroit Tigers who had 24 wins. Uh, to me, this is a no-brainer. Of course, Outstanding Pitcher was no, not a question in the AL, but the biggest question was Player of the Year. And uh, not too often does a starting pitcher get that opportunity. But with 24 wins and as dominant as this guy was, uh, Justin Verlander, of course, very deserving. And anytime you're named by your players and your peers, uh, it's a special honor. And going down the list, we got Curtis Grandison, who won the AL Outstanding Player. Matt Kemp, who won the National League Outstanding Player. The Braves closer, Craig Kimbrell, was the outstanding rookie, edging out uh, Vance Worley and Freddie Freeman. Mark Trumbo of the local Los Angeles Angels here with me. Uh, first baseman was the outstanding AL rookie, Eric, uh, B. 
beating out Eric Hosmer of Kansas City and, of course, Tampa Bay's Jeremy Hellickson. Clayton Kershaw, the Los Angeles Dodgers, outstanding NL pitcher. And comeback player of the year, Jacob Ellsbury. So what a great opportunity for these guys in these awards, of course, coming from your, your peers and uh, the donations that go to their charities, over $260,000 raised for these charities. Uh, great things that the Players' Choice Awards do. And uh, Speaking of charities and what guys do off the field and on the field, the 2011 Marvin Miller Award was also won by Michael Young as he edged out Paul Kernerkel and Adam Wainwright. So uh, congratulations, guys. Like I said, these are awards given to you from your peers, from other players, and obviously probably the thing that means the most of the players is, is coming from their own guys. So congratulations. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned before, we were going to try to get to some emails, but uh, – we're really not going to have time to do that today. We've coming to the close of our show. But next week, uh, we will get to your emails. And I'm hoping, include your phone number. Because if I get an email in this week, and I like your question, and I think that it's something that we can discuss on the air, I will put you on the show, and we will discuss it mono e mono. So get those emails into info at jimlayards.com. Next week, join us. And, of course, let's see if we can get uh, some phone calls in here and, and, and take some phone calls. Uh, who my guest will be next week, we're going to have to wait because, as I do every week, I wait to see what's going on and what the most current things that are happening so we can give you the current information coming up on our show. So um, next week, of course, we will be coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida. I will be going to do a fantasy camp for the New York Yankees. Uh, it will be Moose Scourings, Mickey Mantle's uh, Fantasy Camp, live from Vero Beach. So I will probably have quite a few guests next week, some of the old-time Yankees. So think about it this week. Send me some questions. Be ready to call in at 888-346-9144 uh, and ask me some questions. I'm, probably, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure who the coaches are going to be, but they are Yankee legends. It could be Bucky Dent. It could be Goose Gossage. Uh, as the week goes on, check the website. Check to see who the guests are going to be, and I'll give you a better idea. And be prepared to ask these questions. And uh, I'm sure, like I said, we will have an interesting show coming to you live from Vero Beach. So once again, Brian Cashman, thank you very much for your time on the show today. People, keep it coming. Keep the emails, and let's get this thing rolling. I will talk to you next week. And you all have a great day. Talk to you soon. We're safe for another week. Thanks for tuning in to the King's Corner, talking baseball with your host, Jim Leyritz. We can't wait to have you come back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.